my special guest this week, very good friend of mine, I think, J.B. Adams. I always like to preface that. I, I don't like to put in a lot of uh, qualifiers and then say, my, my best friend in the world, J.B. Adams. I would say, so far, so good. Yeah, okay, yeah. good. Yeah. All right, how you doing, J.B.? I'm doing great, Nick. It's my pleasure to be here, and good morning to all the listeners. All of them. Let's take... All of that. Is that a song? Uh, I think you're singing All of Me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why not take All of Me? Why not? Hey, you know what? I just want to put this out there. I don't want to alarm you. David Lee Roth turned 62 today. Oh, I love David Lee Roth. Well, who doesn't? And I love all of Van Halen. Well, again, who doesn't? Yeah. But he's 62. He looks well, pretty good. I'm sure he does. I think. I don't know. I haven't seen a picture of him recently. No, not me neither. Uh, so, JB, you are here. Let me let me describe JB. He is bespeckled and bebearded, uh, which is, I think, two of my favorite things about him because it really puts us on the same playing field. This is true in terms of uh, in terms of looks. So, uh, I met JB at the Cromer Graduate School of Business. You were a what was your title in that role? What I had no title. Okay. So you helped us in terms of the students. I was a student there. Yes. Uh, you helped my class uh, not only find the different teams that we were on within our cohort, uh, you also helped us when we had issues within the teams. Exactly. Well, if I did have a title, I am a consultant. Mm -hmm. And uh, my job is to help students get started working in their teams, uh, help them figure out how to get work done, and to understand, really, that interpersonal relationships in business are, are essential. And that's one small component of what you do in yes. your life. Yes. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about that uh, a little bit later, but first get to know you a little bit better. Okay. Through a game. Uh, now, you know, the basic version of this game, it's 20 questions. Yes. I uh, love games by the way. Oh, good, good, good. You have to say whether you're for something or against it and nothing controversial, nothing too out there. This isn't the debate from last night. But instead of saying yes or no or up or down, I complicate it by giving you two completely arbitrary, arbitrary ways of rating things. Uh, so this week, and it's always different, uh, it's fast or furious. So when you're into something, say fast. Uh, being fast is really the only way to be. You get from point A to point B in a quick manner. And who's to say there are even any roses you should stop and smell? Like there may not be, Right. <laughs> who, who among us can say exactly furious <laughs> furious you don't seem to me to be the type of person who likes to get mad people who like to be righteously indignant which the election holidays are coming up so yeah there's they're out there so maybe that's quite a few people but that not man not us man not well, us i'm glad you think so yeah yeah well i'm i'm right though aren't i oh sure yes oh yeah boy. all right all right so let's get on with it so fast thumbs up yeah furious thumbs down i'm glad you're narrating because i'm actually I doing show, i want to tell the people what i'm seeing yes so yeah i'm actually just doing the motions because sometimes i forget i actually had to radio. write them down so that i could remember Good. got Good. it I, you got a whole chart over there yeah that's awesome yeah all I'm right ready pool baths excuse me <laughs> pool baths so let's say you're you're doing something in the yard you have to go to the store you just jump in the pool. You don't necessarily take a shower. Oh. Jump in the pool, swim around for a little bit, dry off, and then go. As opposed to taking a taking bath a full shower. with soap and all of that. Jump in the pool. Yep. 
Uh, I'm going to say furious on that. Furious. A no-go not, for you on not that. Not a fan. Okay. That, right. that is not a substitute. Cleanliness is next to jb Edness. God, godliness. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that that's the phrase. Yeah. No. We'll see. Uh, Generation X. Fast. <laughs> yes, big fan. You're a big fan. Well, you're ensconced, right? I, I am on the older end yeah. of Generation X and proud to be a member of the generation. And you feel good about subsequent generations and previous generations? Or were you like me and you're still mad at the baby boomers? I wouldn't say that I'm mad at anybody. I would say that every generation is different. They're no better or worse. I mean, they really, they have no choice. They have no point of reference. You, you are they what you are. are. Hmm. They su- yeah, you simply are. I like that. Okay, so this was in the news a couple of weeks ago, but I still like to ask people about it. How about headphone jacks? How do you feel about those? Uh, I'm going to say furious on that. Oh, so your iPhone 7, you're, you're good with that. I uh, have a tendency to not wear headphones, in particular earbuds. Okay. And so it's take useless. them or leave them. Yeah. You know, uh, I can leave them. Okay. Yeah. Very good. What about liberal arts colleges? Uh, I'm going to say fast okay. on that. And did you attend yourself? I got my MBA from the Crummer Graduate Crummer, School of Business. Right? Where's your undergrad from? My undergraduate is from the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. Ah, where they invented champagne and uh, yeah. urbanism. Yeah. 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 That's, that's great. That's, that's our a good claim place to, to fame. Yeah. That's great. Uh, how about college in general? Uh, I'm going to say fast. I think college, college was good for me. I don't know that college is the right thing for everyone, but right. when you know what you want college can be a great thing it could be the path mm-hmm. all right how about comic book movies Ooh, that's a tough one right in the present context you can qualify it if you want these types those types so, so i'm going to say in the past fast in the present furious i mean seriously enough is enough oh you so you're you feel inundated I think that there's too many of them. How many different ways can we tell the same story? Any number of different ways. Well, this is true. Because there's only, what, three stories, five stories? Uh, Maybe eight. Maybe eight, yeah. I don't know. There's really only a few stories out there. And in general, I can give you the plot. The plot is hero discovers who he or she is and saves the world. Yeah, from destruction. Oh, are you talking about comic book movies? Comic book movies. Okay, I thought you meant the eight stories you were going to go through all. Mm, no, boy I meets d- girl, boy loses girl, boy meets whale, whale and boy marry. That's one of them. I right? remember. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's the plot for Moby Dick. Oh. Oh, I thought it was Tale of Two Cities. Except okay. I can't remember the girl in Moby Dick, but. Uh, Ishmael. <laughs> call me yeah. Ishmael. Yep. Is that not a girl's name? I've got that book a little bit. Is off, that the, I think. that's the opening line, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They call me Ishmael or something like that. Hey, they call me Ishmael. Yeah. 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 That's not a girl's name, huh? Uh no. But huh. to get back to your original point, comic book movies I, as long as they make money, we will continue to get them. Sure. Okay, but I'm, and I'm saying that's not necessarily a good thing. It good is thing. not. Yeah. It is not adding artistically, artistically. It's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we're going to get into movies. So you're a big movie fan. Yes, I am. And we're going to talk about movies. And actually, the theme for today, music-wise, is movies from the music. Music from the movies. Yeah, is that, what I meant to that say. That too. Yeah. All right. How about reviewing resumes? 
Reviewing resumes, you didn't give me a context, so I'm going to say fast. Oh, so you like you like looking at people's resumes, so maybe friends, maybe family, but if you're hiring somebody, looking at resumes as well. Well, sometimes friends ask me to review their resumes sure. when they're applying for a job, mm -hmm. and I'll gladly do that. What about when you're uh, you're working and you're reviewing resumes? Like, let's say you get 150 resumes for a position you have open. How's that? Uh then someone has to review them. So yes, it is a necessary <laughs> evil. <laughs> All right, very good. Uh, something else that came up in the news recently, they tried these out in Pittsburgh, driverless Uber. Driverless Uber, so Fur furious. Furious, no can do on that one. Um, you know what's funny? Whenever I take a taxi, mm -hmm. part of what makes it an enjoyable experience is I like to talk to the taxi driver. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like I, I constantly am asking them, where are you from? How long have you been here? Tell me about your home. Tell me about, you know, what it's like to drive a taxi and how that compares. It, it typically, I mean, this is true, particularly in big cities. The taxi drivers are not from America. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what I find. And I love learning about other countries and other cultures. And so driverless Uber, no conversation. I guess I could get my work done if I... Was that's true, but that's why you were on the plane. Or yeah. do you talk to people on the plane, too? I, yeah, I talk to people on the plane, too. Wow. Well, it's an opportunity. You get to meet someone, a stranger. You're probably never going to see them again. And oh, so you could try out some new material. Yeah, well, or just learn about somebody else's life. I mean, each, each person is uniquely individual. Or admit to some shocking things. You could also do that when you're talking to a stranger. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. that's good. That's good. I'm not going to do any of that here on the show today. Good. Okay. Jerky. I'm not calling you jerky. I'm asking you, <laughs> you're, you're fast or furious for jerky. I have not had jerky in a long time, but I'm, I'm going to say fast. You're a fan? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. The good jerky, not the stuff you get at the convenience store, like the stuff that maybe you make yourself uh, sometimes. I have friends who make jerky themselves. Yeah. I've never done it, but jerky is good if you're going on a hiking trip got to have some kind of dried protein to take with you. I love it. Uh, I, I, except for the hiking trip part. I love everything about that sentiment. A walk in the park, just in case. Uh, also, unless yeah. it's today, which is beautiful. Most of the time in Florida, I'm not walking outside. Uh, how about reading on a tablet? Uh, I went from uh, furious to fast. Oh, you switched. I did. What changed it for you? I had an accumulation of dusty old books and I got to the tipping point where I said I have no more room or inclination to continue collecting books that fill up shelves that you don't get to read. Well, I do read them. Oh, okay. And I also have a tendency to hang on to them thinking, and I just asked myself, am I going to read this again right. or am I going to lend it to somebody? Do you ever have the issue where you read something again and you think it's it was super meaningful at the time and you read it again and you're like, what was I thinking? This is not what I remember. That has not happened yet. Oh, really? Okay. No. It's, I find it more with fiction than with, uh, with nonfiction. And I have a tendency to read more uh, nonfiction, nonfiction than fiction. Yeah. That might be it. Mm -hmm. All right. 80s Nostalgia. Fast, big fast. Oh, that was a, that was also a fast answer. That's like my that. that's my coming of age decade. And we'll talk about some of the movies uh, from the eighties as mm -hmm. well coming up. 
about theme parks? Uh, can I split the difference on that? Yeah, you can go half and half. Are you assigning certain uh, attributes to certain theme parks? Or are you just saying sometimes I like them, sometimes I don't? Uh, I was a Disney cast member for 11 years. Yep. And Disney is still a, a favorite client of mine, a favorite client of mine. Um, so I have great respect for what they do and for the magic that they create. Okay. That seems like a very safe answer. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe don't share that with your clients. Well, that, that is all true. It's oh, very, yeah. very sincere. But uh, I will say this as a Florida resident. Yep. Um, for now decades. Um, theme parks can wear off after yeah. a while. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay. So speaking about creating magic, professional wrestling. Furious. Fur zero interest in that. It's fake. <sighs> okay. Agree to disagree on that point, but still very entertaining. Wait, are you agreeing or disagreeing? Oh, I don't remember. You just said still very entertaining. Still very entertaining. As if you were implying that you agreed that it might be fake. I, I don't know if I agree with that. Okay. Because that just, that just throws everything into disarray as far as my belief structure. Goes. I have no question that it's entertaining, but... The part of me, the skeptical part of me that thinks, you can't get behind was this it. rehearsed? Yeah. Um, kind of takes the suspense out. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. DIY soda. So you can get this at like uh, Bed Bath & Beyond and you put the syrup in and it carbonates it for you and stuff like that. I'm going to say furious on that. Furious. Sounds not like, a big soda drinker? No, not. I don't. Uh, I tend to not drink things that are carbonated. And then the effort to actually do it yourself. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a fan of that either. All right. So this is a timely one. Watching the debates. Ooh. Oh. Again, I'm going to give you a mixed answer on this. Okay. Um, as we said a few minutes ago, uh, I. I think it's important for all of us to participate in the process. And I think it's important for all of us to be informed. Mm -hmm. um, that said, this particular year, uh, I have switched from Fast to Furious, and I may not watch the third debate. Are there, is there just one more or are there two more? There is one more debate. It's on October, I think it's on October 19th. Okay, so next week. And um, yeah, uh, this year is exceptional in many ways. Um, that's my polite that's one way of putting way it. Of putting it. Mm -hmm. And actually, I mean, what I think as a result of watching last night's debate, there may not be anything new left to learn. What, what has gone unsaid? What do we not already know? And yeah, what more do we want to know? Yeah. I don't really... Yeah. I think like we I'm already know way point. more than what... Please don't uncover anything else. No Please more. Please don't go into any more detail. Yeah. All right. Coffee. Uh, furious. Uh, not a big coffee drinker. No. Caffeine, though? No caffeine. No caffeine. Mm -mm. All right. Is that a conscious choice that is from when you were younger, or has that always been the case? Uh, I don't like the taste of coffee. Okay. Um, I like tea. Green tea in particular. So a little bit of caffeine a is, little bit. Yeah, is yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. okay. Speaking of things you can drink, shampoo and conditioner in one? Uh, uh, ambivalent. Okay. I'm, getting, I'm making up a third category right so now. So you're slow and happy, basically, with this one. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> slow and happy. Good. Both. Yeah. All right. Flip-flops. 
furious. Not, oh. for, not for me. No, no sandals of any kind. No. What about when you go to the beach? Do you go to the beach? Uh, sneakers at the beach are fine. Sneakers at the beach. Yeah. Wow. And then just knock the sand out of them when you're done. Okay. All right. That's that's very interesting and 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 polarizing. Polar. I wanna, yes. I want to talk about that more later when we're off the air. Okay. I'm just kidding. I don't want to talk about that anymore. Uh, colonizing Mars. Uh, I remember hearing this one in the previous shows. Uh, I am going to say furious on that. How come? I don't think it's feasible. Okay. And I think it's a cool idea. It's a cool idea, but you don't want to go. No. All right. Uh, I, I mean, my first, well, you know what? You know, no one ever asked me. So are you inviting me to go with you to Mars? If I'll tell you what, if Elon Musk can get it down to 200 grand a person to go, which is his goal. I mean, there's still a lot of technology that needs to be developed. There's still a lot of kinks to work out of the system. We will probably be a lot older uh, than we are right now. But but if, science may have found an answer to that as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you want to go, I'll take you. Okay. So if you're inviting me uh -huh. and all the kinks have been worked out. All the kinks in theory. Yeah, sure. Then I'm, then I'm going to give you this caveat. I will go. For a vacation. Okay. But I'm so not, not going to live there. No, just coming for a visit. <laughs> visiting my friends on Mars. Got to go visit a friend on Mars. Ugh. Yeah. Such a pain. Yeah, but, I, but I'm not sticking around. But I got to go because, you know, yeah, they're I've my got friends. Stuff. Got stuff going on. Got to get back to Earth. That's where all my stuff is. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and my my question is, what what's the gravity on Mars? Uh, it is a two thirds of here. Two thirds. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm just coming for a visit then. You'll be lighter. Yeah. You'll be spry. We'll be old. We'll be spry as spring chickens. And, and you know what? There is one other, uh, factor to, to put into the equation here. Okay. <laughs> no trip is worth taking if the amount of time spent getting there is longer and getting back yeah. exceeds the amount of time that you intend to spend there. Although you'll be in space. Yeah. Traveling through space with a bunch of other people that you can talk to that are strangers. I, I think that that trip would take a couple of months. Oh, it's probably more like a year, year and a half. Yeah. 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 In space with me. We could do the show the entire time. Now that would be fun. <laughs> All right, last question, and then we'll play a song. How about Cobbler? Oh, fast. Cobbler's great. Yeah. Cobbler or pie? Hmm, it choose. depends. No, 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 no. You have to choose. Cobbler or pie? Uh, what's the fruit? <laughs> Tell me, is it apple? Yes. Apple cobbler or apple pie? Sure. Cobbler. Okay. Yeah. Less crust, right? I, I would also add my mom makes the best apple, apple cobbler. cobbler and the best apple pie. Well, it would make sense. She she makes she, one. She from the time I was growing up, and I have compared, and I was like, you know what? Is this better than mom's? The answer is no. The answer is always no. Yeah, it better be because she might be listening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, we're gonna play a song from a movie. Uh, this is from Vanilla Sky, which was interesting because I love the soundtrack. Uh, the movie was okay. Uh, this was a Tom Cruise movie, kind of a, I no spoiler alerts. I can't remember if this is a reveal at the end because I really don't remember much about it. 
but uh, sort of a dream sequency kind of surreal movie. But the really cool thing about it was I, re- I love this song. And then I finally watched the movie. I listened to the entire soundtrack multiple times. Finally watched the movie. And it's literally on for about 20 seconds. Like the characters are playing it on the car radio. You can barely hear it. You don't make out any of the more interesting things about it. And then they shut it off so they can have a conversation. Would so. you say that the song is in some way representative of the story. It could be, yeah. It could be, because it just... Click! For <laughs> okay. me. Yeah. But I love the song, so yeah. I'm really glad they made the movie, if for no other reason than I have the song in my life now. So we're going to hear that on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. And that was Looper on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick. That was from, or the song was called Mondo 77, and that was from the soundtrack for the movie Vanilla Sky, which we found out during the break, some very interesting things. It was a Cameron Crowe movie, and his wife at the time, Ann Wilson, did the score, which was nominated for an Academy Award. Who knew? Good morning, JB. Good morning, good morning. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. My special guest today is J.B. Adams. He's here to talk about a few things, and he's got... Um, an interesting history that I wanted to get into. So let's go way back, JB, to 2012. Okay. Okay. So 2012 is here. It's like four years ago. And you're trying to figure out something to do for 2013. Is that right? Or is it 2013 and you're looking for 2013 something? into 2014. Darn it. So you did this 2014 in 2014? 2014, yes. Okay. So 2013, so 2012 is past. Yeah, you took me all the way back there. I went like, too we far. have a whole year to wait. I was going to go and really set the scene, but I figure we don't have enough time for that. Let's go directly to 2013. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out something to do with your life <laughs> in 2014. I, I, was, I had figured out what to do with my life, I think, even though <laughs> that is an ongoing process. Sure. Uh, I was trying to decide what I could do in the coming year that would take me to new places that would challenge me that would um invite me to learn something that i didn't already know and that would require discipline so you saw a friend of yours on facebook was doing a daily sort of uh, look at something right what was she looking at yes uh my good friend is valerie lingren smith we went to high school together. We went to uh, school together starting in the fifth grade okay. all the way through high school. And uh, she is a Facebook friend and she had adopted this practice of daily gratitude. And it, actually, if you want to go back to 2012, she was making this decision at the end of 2012 into 2013. And she said, I'm going to post gratitude every single day for a year. And I would kind of tune into that and read her posts and think she showed great discipline. She challenged herself and, you know, it, it transformed the way she looked at the world. It transformed the way everyone who read her posts looked at the world. And actually, um, a shout out to her. She continues to do that to this day. She's oh, every day. now on her fourth year, I think, of gratitude. Oh, wow. That's right. a lot of discipline. 13, 14, 15, 16. Yes. Yeah. I can barely hold down a week, uh, you know, <laughs> doing a radio show every week. Yeah. Yeah. So she was the inspiration. Okay. At the end of 2013, because she was wrapping up her year 
in December and commenting on what it meant to her. And, and I was reading those posts thinking, I admire that. Well, I think what's interesting about this is you're such a big fan of music and specifically movie soundtracks. So that's what you listen to while you're working. Yes. Uh, while you're doing things that helps focus you, it helps, you know, uh, put you into that position where you can do these things, whether it's writing, uh, reading. Sometimes I imagine you listen to music while you're reading. Yes, I yeah. will. Um, but in this particular instance, I was working on a project. It was sort of a very big long-term project that was over the course of months and I had a big deadline. So this is post Christmas. I, I was spending my Christmas vacation working mm -hmm. and as we all do sometimes sometimes we have to and um i have a tendency to listen to movie soundtracks because i can get them on youtube for free and they will last two hours or sure. an hour and a half or however long they need to last and then that way they're sort of un uninterrupted mm -hmm. and uh i will just kind of hop around and find you know what's popular what lasts a long time what sort of fits the criteria and I landed upon the movie soundtrack from Les Miserables, which was a film in 2012. Mm -hmm. And so that was just playing in the background. And I had played it actually more than once. And I wasn't paying very close attention to it, but I was intrigued by, by itself, it doesn't make a lot of sense because I did not know the story. I had never seen the film. I had so, never seen the show. I didn't know anything about it. All I knew was it lasted two hours. Right. So out of context, it was just, yeah, huh, there's some interesting things going on, but I have no idea what it is. Exactly. And I was intrigued enough that I did start looking into it. And the thing that got my attention was I had friends who loved it and said, oh, you have to go see this show. And I, I still had never seen it and didn't still didn't know anything about it other than it, it was popular. And then I started reading about it and I learned that it had 365 chapters at the same time that I had this question in my head. What can I do that will last a year and will require discipline? And so I kind of put those two things together. That was the spark mm -hmm. of inspiration that made me decide. I think it was on December 30th. So you committed without even reading any of the book. I had read none of it. And I just thought, never hey. seen the movie, never seen the musical. Yes. You're like, I'm in. That sounds good. Uh, it, it was kind of a fast decision. And I thought, because this is what it said again on Wikipedia. It said 365 chapters and it said relatively short. Mm -hmm. So using that logic, I thought, hey, some of these chapters are only two or three pages. I could read a chapter a day, post it on Facebook, learn something and go about my business. And uh, maybe only take, you know, 15 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day. <clears throat> That's what I anticipated. Amazing. Uh, uh, yeah, amazingly wrong. It well, amazingly <laughs> wrong, but where you got to and I'm skipping forward again because yeah. I know a little bit more of the story. But um, and, and then for me, just learning about the book, it couldn't be a more perfect book for you to do something like that after looking at it more like besides being the 365 chapters. If you read a little bit about the background and then I was able to read your last post about the year that you had, you know, sort of your open letter to Victor Hugo, it was possibly the most perfect book you could have picked. It, it was transformative in a way that I could not have predicted when I started, it was just going to be for fun, yeah. discipline, learn something. That was my only intention. 
and the commitment that comes from doing it publicly. So sticking your neck out on January 1st and saying, hey, I've got this cool idea. This should be fun. I'm going to try this and you all get to come along for the ride and really hold me accountable Mm -hmm. for my promise. And at first it was a lot of fun and the chapters were short. But by the time we got to February is when I started asking, what have I gotten myself into? Well, and this is, I think this is a good segue to talk about the story, right? Because, you know, you might know a little bit of it from the musical. It's about downtrodden people. It's about the French Revolution. But it's almost like Hugo, Victor Hugo, goes in a lot of different directions, right? And some are not even related to the main story, what you would consider the main story within the book. And that is what makes him an amazing writer in, in that he concocts this story that draws you in has many different characters um but primarily it is the story of jean valjean uh, because he is the character who we meet at the end and he is the character who carries the story from beginning to end and all these other characters are introduced along the way but the story draws you in and provides the suspense that makes you want to continue to turn the page but as you're turning the page victor hugo will go off on a detour and give you, you know, something that is very important to him. And as, as I was saying during the break, I would start every morning by asking myself, Victor Hugo, what is it that you are trying to teach us today? Mm-hmm. And I truly did break down each chapter into a single day's lesson. It was like a daily devotional. Mm-hmm. And there were days when it was obvious what Victor Hugo was trying to teach us because he would just come out and say it like he would say, he would have very important messages about um, how poverty causes people to do extreme things just in order to survive and how people often have to degrade themselves in order to survive. And uh, does it make them animals in some people's eyes? It might, but they're still human beings who are put into these circumstances that degrade them. And what do we as humanity and society do about that? Mm -hmm. How do we treat each other? and uh, make the world a better place. So he will go off and he'll, we spent three weeks learning about the battle of Waterloo. That was the first major detour. And that was a challenge because he gets very much into the details of the battle of Waterloo. And then um, all of the Napoleonic wars and the French revolution and the transition from the reign of terror, the first Republic, the empire, the Second Republic, it, he, he gives you a lot of backstory and context. And I had to go research these things in order to understand so I could interpret them for my readers. Mm-hmm. That was my task every day is to give my readers sort of sort of the shortcut. Like, here's what Victor's trying to teach us today. I went and studied it and figured it out. And, and so here's my takeaway so that you don't have to read the whole chapter. I'm going to condense it for you and, and get to the point quicker. And this wasn't, so the Battle of Waterloo, for example, this wasn't historical fiction with Jean Valjean or any of the characters uh, participating. This was actually his interpretation of what happened, his history. Yes, it was his interpretation of the actual history of what happened at the Battle of Waterloo. He was particularly well-versed to provide that because his father was an officer in Napoleon's army. Okay. So he had his father's perspective And in many ways, he is parallel to the character of Marius in the book. 
So um, he, he's actually parallel to both Marius and Cosette in many ways. Mm -hmm. So um, he, he does take us on many detours, which as you're reading them, you're wondering like, where are we going now and why is this important? But those things all do come back and make sense one way or another. So we take a detour and we spend, I think, three days learning about gutter slang, which is the language of uh, crime in Paris at mm -hmm. the time. We spent uh, at least a week learning about uh, homeless children. We spent two weeks learning about nuns in the cloister. Um, and sometimes just for no reason, he would go off on a tangent and just say what was on his mind. <laughs> and all of it's for a reason. All of it was for his reasons. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and even if it didn't seem like it was carrying the story along, it sounded like it, it did really, or it carried his message. Yes. Along. One way or another, he was trying to educate us into his view on society in general, the way human beings treat each other, um, the search for just human justice and mm -hmm. equality. And uh, I mean, when you put it in the context of, uh, I, I believe it's, I, I, I didn't read up on this last night, but I think it's the June rebellion. Mm -hmm. uh, it's either, either that or the July revolution. I sometimes get them confused. Anyway, the point is that freedom isn't free. And he he does go to great lengths to talk about the bourgeois, which is the comfortable middle class and how things will not change in society until people get uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And if a majority of the people are comfortable, they have a tendency to look out for themselves and say, I'm fine. Why, Why can't bother? everybody else be fine? Why bother yeah. changing? Yeah. Everything's okay. I, I hear you complaining, but I don't feel it. And until people feel it, they won't want to organize, yeah. rise up, and, and make a change. So I wanted to read one thing. So I did a little bit of research. This has almost got me wanting to read the book myself. But uh, this was from a note that he wrote to his publisher. So this is very much a French story yes. um, in terms of, the, you know, everything that happens in the book. But this was his one part of his message to his Italian publisher. Uh, so this is Victor Hugo writing. I don't know whether it will be read by everyone, but it is meant for everyone. It addresses England as well as Spain, Italy as well as France, Germany as well as Ireland, the republics that harbor slaves as well as empires that have serfs. Social problems go beyond frontiers. Humankind's wounds, those huge sores that litter the world, do not stop at blue and red lines drawn on maps. Wherever men go in ignorance or despair, wherever women sell themselves for bread, wherever children lack a book or learn to learn from, or a warm hearth, Le Miserable knocks at the door and says, open up, I'm here for you. Would you say that's pretty accurate? Yes. I mean, in one paragraph, you have summarized the essence of the book. Um, well, he did. I did not do that. Well, uh, and what he's really saying is the, um, the troubles that plague mankind have always been with us. Uh, I'm not sure that I agree that they will always be with us mm -hmm. because I am an optimist. But I do recognize that it can take centuries for humanity to evolve. Absolutely. But he gives us hope. Mm -hmm. And he kind of teaches us what we need to do. Uh, so I'm going to leave it at that. We might hit this back again, but uh, is there a way for people to actually go out and see what you wrote about uh, Senor Hugo? That's not right. Um, 
if they're Facebook friends, yes. So they have to become Facebook friends. Uh, I have, so I have considered packaging it, but I haven't yet. Would it be okay if I put the uh, your letter to Victor, your final message, up on my website so that people could see it? If they yes, that would be great. Okay, yeah. great. Thank yeah. you. So that'll be up on uh, tocertaindegree.com. Uh, so one of the other things that we were talking about is music from the movies, and you had some great suggestions for music. And so we're going to go into a couple of those right now. We've got Bernard Herman yeah. and Franz Waxman. So we're actually going to hear the overture from North by Northwest, ah. as well as the main title from Rear Window. Love that. Yeah. So I thought that was good. Both uh, Hitchcock movies and both, of course, incredible movies. And then when we come back, we'll talk a little bit how the, the music really influences those movies in particular and in general. And that just kept going. That was great. Hey, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you for having me. All right. Uh, so we heard a couple of songs there. The last one was Franz Waxman from Rear Window. That was the uh, opening theme or the credits, the main credits. And then before that, we heard from Bernard Herrmann, North by Northwest, the overture from that movie. Two great movies. Yeah, very good movies. Uh, I've only seen one of them. Really? Which one? Uh, Rear Window. Uh. So I need to see the other one. I understand that Alfred, is it Hitchcock? It was a big deal. <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock is kind, kind of, of a, a big, big deal. deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. North by Nor Northwest is uh, one of his, one of his best. All right. Yeah. I will take a look at that. Yeah. So JB Adams, my special guest today on To a Certain Degree. My name is Nick. Good morning. Thanks again for coming out. It's my pleasure. Early, early in the morning. So, JB, we only have a few minutes left, so we're going to do a quick uh, pop culture type of quiz. Pop culture, current events sort of quiz. You're going to do very well. Okay, I'm ready. At least one of them is movie related. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Uh, website is encouraging people to declare today, October 10th, as International Fight with a Lightsaber Day. Where does the iconic lightsaber sound come from? Is it A... The vocalization of a black bear named Tarek from Happy Hollow Zoo in San Jose, along with walrus, lion, and badger sounds. B, the hum of idling interlock motors in aged movie projectors and interference caused by a television set on a shieldless microphone. Or C, placing a microphone inside a regulator on a scuba, scuba breathing apparatus and breathing it into it in different ways. So, the lightsaber sound. No, do you just want me to give you an answer or do you want me to analyze my options? Oh, you can analyze your options. All right. You want to go with the first one? You want to read it again? Uh, I, I can give you the summary of what, what you said. Yeah. All right. So option A was animal sounds. Sure. Right. A bear, yep. a walrus. Lion and badger. A yeah. lion and a badger. B was... Uh, interference the, from some kind of technology. Yep. And the hum of idling interlock motors in an old movie projector. Uh, okay. An old movie projector. And option C was scuba gear. Yep. All right. The correct answer is B. That's correct. But uh, option A is Chewbacca. Uh-huh. Um, animal sounds. And option C is Darth Vader's breath. Yeah. So some scuba very gear. iconic uh, sounds from an iconic movie. And those were all created by a gentleman named Ben Burt, a sound designer named Ben Burt. So he kind of got, here's what we need you to do. We need something like this. And he was like, I know exactly what I'm going to do. So he went out and created all these things, which I find 
remarkable because I didn't think about that when I was a kid, just like the music of the movies. I, I didn't think about that. All I thought was, oh, obviously that's how things sound. Yeah. That's how Chewbacca sounds. That's how Darth Vader would sound. That's how a lightsaber would sound. No doubt in my mind. Yeah, it all made perfect sense. Yeah. I, I'm I'm amazed just that you went to the trouble of, of finding those. Well, once I found the lightsaber sound, there was all this stuff about this guy because, uh -huh. you know, he's kind of a savant when it comes to making sounds, essentially. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. Yeah, that's and cool. You guessed it. You guessed them all. Well, I, I love that movie. Yeah. And the whole series of movies. Right. Yeah. All right. So let's stay in space for a second. Ooh. Only 4.2 light years away. Proxima B is the closest potentially habitable Earth-like planet outside of our solar system. Okay. We think. New research says it might be covered completely or nearly completely in what? Water, desert, or temporary Halloween shops? Ooh. Right. A whole planet of Halloween shops. Right, because it's that season. Now, even though it's four light years away, I, if we made it to Mars, I might as well go to the Halloween shop planet with you just to visit but i would go i would make that visit um i would say the correct answer has to be water it is yeah, yeah. they're thinking it's almost completely covered in water yeah which i think is funny because the going back to star wars the iconic uh planets are water desert and then ice and yes. that seems to be the only things that exist there's no like oh, okay let's just have i think they had a forest planet oh yeah indoor that was a moon <laughs> yes, the fourth moon of Endor. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, one last question, and uh, then we're actually going to go and play some more Bernard Herrmann. Uh, we're going to do The Man Who Knew Too Much Cantata, uh -huh. uh, and then that'll be coming up here. Uh, but locally, what Disney World attraction performed its last show yesterday? Was it A, Goofy versus Donald Breakdance Challenge, which has been running since 1985, B, Mickey versus Donald, Grunge It Up Challenge, which has been running since 1992, or the Main Street Electrical Parade, which has been running on and off since 1977? Now, the correct answer is C, but you said on and off. So is this the last or is it the last for right now? I think this is the last for a while. So yeah. it ran from 77 to 91 and then 91 to 2001. And then it went over to the new California theme park okay. over in California. And so apparently they can't have two of these things. So they only have one. And then it came back here for a six year run from 2010 to yesterday. And now it's going to go to Disneyland for a little bit. And then they might be retiring it for a while. Might be one of those things they bring back as sort of a special event. It, it is uh, a strategy of the company to leverage nostalgia. Yeah. And for nostalgia to work, things have to disappear for a while. Right. Yeah. Uh, and what I find interesting about that is they have not turned that into a movie yet. So I thought maybe if you want to brainstorm after this, since you're a former Disney employee, maybe you have some ends over there. What I've got is a, you know, Main Street Electric Parade. What do you think of? The movie version? Robot Uprising. Oh, the <laughs> right. So that's the movie. Uh, they've already got Dwayne The Rock Johnson in talks to do a Jungle Cruise movie. I think we can get them switched over for this. Is that the truth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been talking about a Jungle, Jungle Cruise, Cruise movie. the movie. Yeah. Uh, they've also been talking about a live-action Lion King. Uh, yes, I saw that yeah. recently. John Favreau uh, doing that. But Electrical Parade, Robot Uprising. How do we all come together to stop the robots? I think Baroque Hoedown 
would it's songs and dancing and lights yeah. what brings us together more than anything in the world it'll get in your head and it won't stop it's like an earworm you really <laughs> know that song and now i do too i hope you're happy yeah okay so let's hear from bernard herman this is the man who knew too much cantata on wprk and that was Trevor Jones from the Last of the Mohicans original motion picture soundtrack, Promontory. So very iconic song, a very iconic sort of uh, uh, mood in the movie that that creates. Reminds me a little bit of uh, Braveheart. We may hear some of that a little bit later. Good morning. My name is Nick. This is To a Certain Degree. My special guest today, J.B. Adams. Good morning, Nick. So, J.B., I put you on the spot and made you try to guess what uh, movie that was from. One you haven't seen. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. So you're more of a classic movie guy. I love, uh, I really love old black and white movies, yeah. Okay. Film noir movies from the 40s and the 50s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the the 1940s and 1950s. The 1940s and 50s, yeah. Just in case somebody's listening and they're not sure exactly what what we're talking about, you know, want to make sure. Uh, Well, great. Well, thank you again for coming on the show. Uh, If this is your first time listening... This is, you know, we have a great guest. This is an interesting show. It's mostly talk, and we do a couple of different things here uh, with a guest. We actually have a really great guest today because he's got some great ideas, and he's a small business owner himself. He's a business consultant, leadership development, bad business ideas, something we do every week. Yeah. Are you excited? Yes, very. Okay. So what I decided to do today because of your very illustrious background as a a business owner yourself and a successful businessman uh, is actually go into a little bit of the detail how these how these come about. So one of the things that happens is my dad will often pitch me get rich quick schemes when I go home. So that's where the initial inspiration came from. And has he done any of these? No, 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 <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, JB, may I call you JB? Yes. Great. Bad business ideas, patent pending, is like Shark Tank. These startups are my children, except for my actual children who I care very much about. Uh, Bad business ideas I care about in the moment because once you choose a winner, you care about them. That's right. You become the main investor and you run it. So that's what happens when you choose one. Uh, This week is special to me because, again, you're a successful business owner. I respect you a lot. You're very thoughtful and insightful when it comes to this stuff. And... uh, I would say you give people the business all the time. Would you say that's accurate? (laughs) Uh, I give them their own business back to them. Great. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do something special and show you where these ideas come from, because I think that's important. What comes to mind when I say mood pants? Mood pants. Uh, well, the first thing I thought of was it's similar to mood ring. Oh, yeah. That's not what I was thinking at all, but that sounds like a great idea. So in other words, pants that, that change, color. change color and convey your mood. That would be... That's pretty amazing, actually. So let's put that down as one of the ideas. Uh, but obviously, sometimes I just mash words together, and that's kind of where the inspiration comes mm-hmm. from, just to get an idea. So yeah. mood pants. I, I'm picturing that in my head. And Are you? Yeah. Are you ever going to be able to stop picturing I can't that? unsee that now. So sometimes it's not just mashing words together. Sometimes I start with a story in the news. So, for example, uh, there's a big solar farm out in California in the Mojave Desert, the biggest one in the world. And what they're saying is nearly 6,000 birds a year get fried 
because they're chasing the bugs that are attracted to the shiny lights. The birds get into the mirror system. Poof goes the bird. So what do you think? Bad business idea that comes from that. What the first thing that comes to mind? 6,000 birds a year. Um, roasted chicken? Again, not what I was thinking, but another solid idea. Okay. Put that one down. Okay. Frying birds with the sun. All right. So here's another story. TGI Fridays, the restaurant chain, changing its look. So the iconic space, the, uh, the pieces of flair, right? Like we heard from Office Space. That was their thing. They have all this stuff on the wall. People are wearing things. They're going completely the opposite direction. Minimalistic design. Getting rid of all the stuff on the wall, the tin signs, the musical instruments, the nautical stuff, the airplane parts, all of it gone. It's going to be really clean in there. Presumably, they're going to focus on the food. I don't know that for sure. Still, you know, TGI Fridays. That wouldn't be a bad idea. It would be a good idea. They, they do serve food. So all the stuff, though, they have to get rid of it. Fridays has to get rid of it. Yeah. What do you do? TGI Fridays garage sale. Right. So we're yes. almost on the same page. Yeah. So you had pickers who find the stuff originally, right? The pickers who go to the different garage sales and the different antique uh -huh. stores and all that. Now they need releasers. So here's what I came up with for this one. Garage bail instead of garage sale. Reduce, reuse, get rid of it. So what we do is we take the stuff, we go to garage sales, and we just leave it there without them seeing. So there's two of us, right? So one of us will distract the person. The other one will leave a bunch of stuff there. Uh, unload your stuff. Yeah. 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 So this is not only good for TGI Fridays. This would be good for anybody. Like you need to get rid of stuff. You feel bad about throwing it out and it becoming part of the landfill, right? Now, are you saying that the stuff that decorates the TGI Fridays has no monetary value? I'm not sure. <laughs> it has no monetary value to TGI Fridays because okay. they're getting rid of it. So they might throw it in the dumpster but they don't want to do that because then they're adding to the landfill and they probably don't want to try to sell it because who knows what that's really worth. Mm -hmm. I mean, they bought it on the cheap in the first place, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that's what we do. We offer a service to people to reduce, reuse and get rid of their stuff. And, and, and if it does have value, somebody else somebody, gets to sell it. Somebody will sell it. Somebody will buy it. And if it doesn't, mm -hmm. it gets thrown out, but by somebody else, so you don't feel as guilty. Okay. Yeah. So those are all pretty straightforward ideas. Every once in a while, it gets a little more sci-fi, right? Like you have to, we'll have to do some research. You'll have to be uh, in charge of the R&D department and try to figure this out. So are you familiar with the German term schadenfreude? Yes. Right? So Avenue Q. Yes. Yes. That mm -hmm. was uh, popularized it with a song in the musical Avenue Q. And for those of our listeners who don't know, schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. It is... Delight, taking delight in the misfortunes of others. The figure skater who falls down, Brad and Angie divorcing, that sort of thing. Well, so there was a research done. There was a brain study. They were looking for something else entirely, but they found the neurons in the brain that actually fire when this feeling happens. So oh. if you can imagine, oh, I see you lost at something. We're playing a game. You lost. Uh, I, I'm feeling pleasure. You fall down. Uh, anything to do with the debates. Um, and as a Canadian, watching the debates and how funny you Americans are, you know, those neurons are firing for me constantly uh, up until the election. So how does this actually help anybody? You talk to people literally all the time. As we learned earlier, 
you love talking to people. Mm -hmm. So maybe you're sharing something personal, something that didn't go your way, the promotion you didn't get. Maybe there's trouble at the old mill. I don't know, whatever it is. Wouldn't it be nice to know or be sure if the other person wasn't taking pleasure in what you're talking about when it's something bad? So if there's a way to be sure? Yeah. So what we're going to do, since you've already gotten rid of the headphone jack in your phone anyway, mm -hmm. we have to do some research so that we can actually use it as a scanner now, your phone, to see if somebody else is taking pleasure. Is it actually getting schadenfreude from you? And is it my mission to provide schadenfreude to others? So in other words, I'm going to be like some slapstick guy who falls oh, no, 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 in no. the mud puddle and other people no, laugh. No, 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 no. Uh, it's called, this is a company called Schadenfriends. Schadenfriends? Yeah, that yeah. you're going to come up with this technology so that people can use their phones to see if they have genuine friends or if they have schadenfriends. <laughs> okay. Because like that's app. important. Yeah. It's an app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, a little more sci-fi. All right. And this is, by the way, usually my guests only get two options. And what I'm doing now is just going to town. It, it looks like you gave me four. Oh, no, we're not done Oh, yet. there's more. All right. Yeah, we got a lightning round. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Just first thing that comes to mind, what do you think about these? You know, are you in or are you out? Okay. Alcoholic pop rocks. Out. Okay. Vasectomy gift cards. In. <laughs> That's good. A lot of people. Uh, cheap EpiPen alternative. In. Ponzi scheme. Oh. Uh, it, it, it does, the, does the EpiPen work? Uh, it's up to you, I guess, because you're going to be running the company. Oh, I'm going to be running the company. Yeah. Ooh, this is all you. You're also investing in it. Uh, because of the Ponzi scheme, I'm going to have to say no. Okay. Yeah. But right. it, you know what? I bet it would work for a while. I could I could build it and then sell it before, before the Ponzi scheme unravels. Is recognized and yeah. Like Bernie Madoff. Yes. Except he didn't sell soon enough. Things ended well for that dude. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So out of all those, uh, you know what? I'm not even going to ask you to pick because I think they're all great. Why don't you just do all of them? Okay, wait. Uh, there were two there. Yep, we had the alcoholic pop rocks. Uh, that what's it? Alcoholic pop rocks. Okay. The vasectomy gift cards. And then just to sum them all up, the mood pants. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, now Epi I'm lost. EpiPen Ponzi scheme. EpiPen Ponzi scheme. The solar power fried chicken. Mm-hmm. Uh, garbage bail, and shot and friends. Okay. This is a lot of good ideas. Yeah, uh, you I want, really. Here's the thing. I really wanted to impress you. you so I want you to know that you've outdone yourself. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure that's a positive impression that you're getting. D did you want me to weigh in on each and every one of these and sort of narrow it down? Or? Uh, I, can you do a little bracket system real quick? Uh, bracket. So we got some that are out. We got alcoholic pop rocks. Not for you. Alcoholic pop rocks are not good for the kids. I okay. And that is why that qualifies as a bad business idea. Uh, all right. But, but you know what? I would put that up there with jello shooters, which are also very popular. But not for kids. But not for the kids, but for uh, people who want to have some kind of novel alcoholic thing. Yeah. Um, alcoholic pop rocks. Alcoholic okay. Pop. Well, now I'm, you're kind of winning me over just uh, yeah. as I'm talking about it. You've talked yourself into it. Okay, so that's still on the list. We're going okay. to keep that one. 
So basically, I, I'm guessing fried chicken is out because that sounds not only dangerous, but something that's difficult to, to really Yeah, that would be too of. much work. So okay. we're going to say no to that one. Uh, how about mood pants? I'm going to keep that one on the list for now. Okay. Garage bail? Uh, I'm going to say no to that one. Too much it doesn't work sound again. like it makes any, it doesn't sound like it makes anybody any money. Oh yeah. Cause TGI Fridays would be paying us. Yeah. But to get rid of the stuff, they make us money, but they would be losing money. Oh yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then shot and friends from a technology perspective. What do you think about that one? I, I'm not sure we could perfect the technology. Okay. So we are down to my friends, alcoholic pop rocks, mm-hmm. vasectomy gift cards. Yeah. And mood pants. Basically, my three best ideas of all time. Uh, I think they're definitely excellent ideas. And I, let me ask you this about vasectomy gift cards. Were you so excited about that? Because the idea was that you want to give that, to gift that to somebody who you don't want having children? Because um, you, you were like, I am in on that. That is 100%. Well... I do, uh, you know, you said it, so I don't have to say it, but of course that is not what I was thinking. I was just thinking for some folks that would be the perfect gift. They might be looking for that. They might not have thought, Hey, is there, my gift is there a way to pay for this? You know, my Amazon wedding registry list. is yeah. like, Hey, we're signing up for the vasectomy gift card. Like I'll buy that. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, because where my head immediately goes to Please is, don't procreate. Please don't do that. Here it is. If you really have to, have one, but this is still good for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's <laughs> that's novel. All right. Um, but, you, you know, the one that really got my attention was, <laughs> no, I can't unsee it. Right. The mood pants. The mood pants. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm just imagining how that would work. I think it's heat signature related. Yeah, it could be. It could be. And uh, yeah, that would be fun at a party. You know, although uh, the LED technology is getting a lot better as well. So you could have it literally light up. Um, just, yeah. And based on whatever, you know, you could hook it up to different uh, biometric measurements. So your pulse and the amount of sweat and how much your voice is cracking. I just think it would be a really cool thing if you are at a party, a bunch of strangers, you don't have to go up and say, hey, how are you doing today? Because you know, you could just go up and say, I can tell by your pants. You're doing great. I can tell by your pants. You're doing great. Yeah. That's our tagline right there. Or, you know, what's the matter? What's (laughs) something wrong? Yeah. Your pants are telling me that you're upset about something. Do you think, let me ask you this, because do you think that, um, uh, first of all, would people just kind of, everybody who's wearing their mood pants to a party, would it be like, okay, all the green pants are standing together and all the blue pants are standing together. Do you think it would become sort of a, a click system? You know, not necessarily. I think there are are outgoing people who would just want to read other people's pants and go you know, um, empathize with them. Right. Okay. So all the blue pants would converge on the red pants. Yeah. Well, and try I, to help them out. Cause there's, you know, there's a difference between empathy and sympathy. Correct. So I don't have to feel what your pants are telling me that you're feeling. I can just acknowledge, Hey, your pants say that you're happy today. I'm happy for you. 
And now I'm happy, as you can tell from my pants. <laughs> exactly. Because you're happy. Yeah. Ooh, well, that was exhausting and hilarious. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, so that's the best idea that we've ever had. So I'm going to go ahead and start that company okay. right now and, and register. And I, oh, will, I will invest in it. Let me, let me point this out, too, that everybody who's listening has signed an NDA. You can't steal any of these ideas. Just by listening, you've signed an NDA. If that makes sense, great. If it doesn't, I think it does. Yeah. So there you go. Um, and I would not be surprised if there are competitors to Mood Pants. There, no, this is complete blue sky right here. Oh. Nobody, nobody has this anywhere. All right, so let's listen to a song or, or two while we recover from that. Uh, this is Jimmy Smith. So this was uh, on sort of the crime jazz side of things. So the beginning of uh, different movies, the credit scenes, the really long ones, you know, that I sometimes miss, I sometimes don't. Because there was just so much fun. And I think one of the, uh, what was it, Police Story? Police Squad. Of, police Squad was the um, uh, was the parody of it. Yes. Right? Like the, tr the car. The, the naked gun the from the files of Police Squad. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Police Story, I think, was the original one. But this is Jimmy Smith, uh, Walk on the Wild Sign from the movie of the same name. Love that. Is it a good movie? I don't know the movie. I know the song. I love this song. This is one of my all-time favorite songs. And it's such a good song that he doesn't even have to play the entire thing. He just comes in halfway through on the Hammond B3 organ. Mm -hmm. uh, my name is Nick. This is, as I mentioned, to a certain degree, my special guest this week, JB Adams. JB. Good morning. Welcome back. Thank you. It's my from, pleasure. From that song, I guess. It was great. Yeah, it was. Uh, so that was also from a movie soundtrack. That was the title song from a movie called Walk on the Wild Side. So they played that during the opening credit sequence. And, what year was that? Uh, you know? It was, I, I'm going to say the 50s. Okay. Yeah. So I'll look that up here in a second at our next break just so we okay. have it. I was going to say late 50s or 60s. Yeah, yeah. Never saw the movie, though. I need to actually see if it's Me a, any good. Great music, though. Great music. And that crime jazz sort of thing. We'll hear a little bit more from Elmer Bernstein and Warren Barker probably here in a few minutes. But that's that's one of my favorites is just sort of that idea of the, uh, there's this, jazzy noir kind of thing going on in the movie uh and it's just it's so much fun so jb let's talk about movies for a second oh and by a second i mean probably the next 20 yeah, minutes yeah. because we we can both probably <laughs> talk about them forever um one of the things we were talking about in prep for the show is uh sort of movies and the nostalgia that you have for particular movies the the time in your life that you watch them and the meaning that they have for you at that time. Yeah. And it may be completely, uh, it might be one of those shared movies like a Star Wars or a 16 Candles. Mm -hmm. um, or it might be completely incongruous. It might be something that's completely, completely random. Uh, like Buckaroo Banzai was a classic 80s cult movie. And I, I don't know why, but the summer that it was out on HBO, I probably watched it 500 times. Was that 1984? Uh, it was 84 or 86. Okay. Yeah, it was one of the even years, mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. But it was, it, it's such a bad movie. But it's so good is, in being bad. Is that the movie where the guy flies through? Through the mountain. Through the mountain. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I John remember Lithgow that. is the bad guy. Mm -hmm. And um, Peter Sellers, I think, is Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah, it's Peter Weller. Peter Weller. Peter yeah, Sellers Peter is somebody Sellers, else. Peter Sellers, I think, was dead yeah. by then. Yeah, 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 yeah. As we all are sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but so those were some of the more meaningful movies to me. And what you said was you kind of, 
at some point you age out of that. And I'm wondering if that is your cynicism just grows and you can't lose yourself in the moment anymore. Um, which is what happened, I think, with some of the new Star Wars movies for me after seeing the prequels. I don't know that I'm ever going to be able to get back to that feeling I had when I was a kid watching Star yeah. Wars. Well, I, I think when we had our conversation earlier, we we did talk about movies kind of speak to you at, in that place in time. So I can remember being 11 years old and going to see Star Wars in the summer. Uh, see, I just dated myself. Uh, in the summer of 77 <laughs> and it was magical and you, I wanted to see the movie again and again. And I actually did go see it several times with friends. And this was in a time when we didn't have DVDs. We didn't have cable television. There was no other way to, there watch was it. no other way to watch it other than to go to the yep. movie theater, go to a crowded movie theater. And I can remember people cheering and laughing and screaming and just getting so excited about this shared experience and you feel that energy in the theater as a young person and you never forget it. Well, I think what's interesting about that too is, as you mentioned, the theater was full. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. Like that doesn't happen that often anymore where maybe an opening night. Right. Maybe there's a lot of people there. Uh, but I, I, ha I don't remember the last time I was in a theater that was more than half full. And even that is hard to remember. And there are times when I will intentionally go on opening night just to have the experience of sharing it with a, a full crowd. Yeah. But you're right. Um, now we have multiplexes and the theater might be full for the first weekend. And then thereafter, it'll be half full or sometimes you can go see a movie, a, a popular movie. But if you wait and you go see it a couple of weeks later, you'll have the whole theater to yourself. Mm -hmm. Or you just wait for it to come out on Netflix or DVD. So I was trying to think of, uh, and we could go back and forth on, I think, iconic movies from the 80s, maybe even the early 90s. So some of the Tarantino stuff, mm -hmm. uh, things like that. What were some of the more modern movies that struck you or kind of took you back to that time? You lost yourself in the movie. You were able to, or maybe you were going through something at the time. And so the movie really spoke to you. Well, I, I want to put that in context sure. in acknowledging that when you have that feeling as a young person and I can actually remember watching star Wars on HBO in the 1980s and we would watch it every time it came on because yeah. we loved it so much, but then you watch it after seeing the prequels, after seeing, you know, all of the new movies that have come out since then. And you, you kind of look at it with a more discerning eye of, you know what, maybe the special effects weren't as special as what we thought they were. And mm -hmm. you, you've now memorized all the moments. And so none of them are a surprise anymore. So some of the magic wears off. Yeah. I think at that point you have to watch it with other people. Usually you're introducing kids to it yes. or you're introducing other you people to it. You see it through somebody else's fresh yeah. pair of eyes. Yeah. Um, but since the turn of the millennium, uh, I would say there's only two movies that have really grabbed me as creating uh, a shared experience and emotional experience. The first one is uh, from 2001, Moulin Rouge. Okay. Which I was just a feast of surprises. Right. From beginning you didn't to know end. Baz Luhrmann, right? Right. Baz you didn't Luhrmann. know what you were going to get going into that one. You, for the first 20 minutes, you still don't know what you're going to get. And then you sort of settle into like, okay, he's got this rhythm. I'm going to adapt to it. And he continues to surprise you by 
using music from the 20th century that you recognize already and presenting it to you in a wildly new mm -hmm. and different way and in a way that resonates in, uh, with the story. The characters are using these songs that are already familiar, but you, you're hearing them in a, in a way that you've never heard them before. So that makes it really surprising and striking. Um, and the second film that was um, really meaningful to me was I saw The Artist, which was from 2011 and won Best Picture. Um, and it was a black and white, mm -hmm. uh, mostly silent film. And I saw it in New York City ah. <laughs> at the Paris Theater, um, just right on the edge of Central Park next to the Plaza Hotel. And uh, I was traveling out of town. It was playing uh, it was playing there before it had moved into all the other theaters. So I had this very unique experience of seeing a very special film with people who very intentionally wanted to see this movie that was not in wide release yet, hadn't had a lot of reviews come out. And that was very much a shared experience because I can remember when the film ended and the house lights went up, people applauded and they stayed in their seats for a while and chatted Chatting because and... they had this energy built up of oh, wanting nice. to talk yeah, about yeah, yeah. what that experience had been to really sit through a silent film and be touched on an emotional level as you go through this story together. Nice. Yeah, I I wish mine were a little more uh, sophisticated <laughs> as yours are. Uh, for modern movies, I think mine are actually pretty uh, dumb. I, I think they're, they're good in the sense that, and, and Fight Club wasn't necessarily a dumb movie, and that was right before, I think, the turn of the century. Mm -hmm. But... It was the time period that I was at. I was transitioning from the part-time jobs and the sort of, you know, working just to work and, and having fun to uh, hanging out with a, a group of really close friends at my first real job. Uh, and it was right after I started drinking. So I felt like not that, you know, 25 is, uh, is a particularly old age to start drinking, but mm -hmm. the idea was that I was, I was changing. Yeah. So for some reason, we made events of going to see Fight Club, American Pie, and the first Spider-Man. And those are the three that just leap out to me from really early uh, uh, and late, late 90s, early 2000s. And could we say that all three of those are, well, two out of the three are coming of age? Uh, to an extent, yeah. So yes. the first decent modern origin story of a superhero. Yeah. Uh, you have uh, uh, basically taking an old story, which is that coming of that classic coming of age, having to lose your virginity, uh, but doing it completely differently. Mm -hmm. um, and then Fight Club, which was that unexpected movie. Yeah. You know, you kind of know a little bit about it going into it. You saw the previews for it, but you had no idea what to expect. And, and Fight, Club is, Fight Club is one of those movies that asks you to think. Yeah. Yeah. And you can definitely analyze it after the film is over. Oh, you almost have to see it a couple times yeah, just you to do. get it. Yeah, and all that. And I hadn't read any of Chuck Palahniuk's, or however you pronounce his yeah. name, uh, books. So it was very interesting to be introduced to his work that way. But uh, in the last couple of years, I think it was 2011 maybe it came out, there was a movie, they were doing a special preview. They, um, it wasn't a very well-known movie, but it was a sci-fi, aliens uh, come yes. to London. It's called Attack the Block. 
So in sort of a poor part of London and one of their projects sort of things. And it's about these street toughs that actually take on the aliens. It was so good. And no one has seen this. I have not seen it. Yeah. And so what I think I like and what I think I get out of that one is that no one has seen it, which means that I have something special that no one else has, Mm -hmm. uh, which was pretty interesting to me um, in terms of uh, being able to interpret it and take it and and really, you know, sort of uh, make it mine. And it was a full theater and everyone was surprised by it afterwards. I had a little bit of knowledge of what it was. But a lot of people just went because it was a free preview. Um, and everyone were talking about it afterwards. They were doing surveys and stuff. And, you know, some of us were talking about it online beforehand. And it was, it was you know, that surprising and that good. Well, you bring up an interesting point about what I'll just call coming of age movies in general. And it has to do with the place and time that you're in. So my example would be, I think it was 1985, The Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. And I can remember seeing that with friends. We were all in college and we talked about that movie a lot afterwards because high school was still fresh for us. And having the conversation about which character do you you identify with, which character speaks to you. And there are some coming of age movies that I think hold up. I mean, I will always be a fan of The Breakfast Club. I can go back and watch it over and over. Some other coming of age movies might not hold up as well. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I think the one that is the the quintessential coming of age movie is The Graduate with Dustin Hoffman. Yep. Um, which is just a really great film all by itself, but speaks to someone who's going through a transition from being considered a young adult to be considered, you know, a mature man. Yeah, that's a good movie. So actually, I have that song. I have Mrs. Robinson here, but I think I'm going to let's play some crime jazz. Because I feel like that's going to get the mood. It's Monday morning. Yeah. Let's get people going. Uh, The show's almost over. It's kind of flown by. Yeah. So you're going to have to come back at some point, maybe after the new year. And we're going to have to chat some more after I come up with 20 more questions and then a significant number of bad business ideas. Would love to do that. And we'll check in with where you are in mood pants. Yeah. We're just going to play a song. We are going to come back. uh, But we're going to do Elmer Bernstein, Warren Barker. Uh, two songs from a couple of different movies, Frankie Machine and 77 Sunset Strip Cha-Cha. That was Warren Barker and the Warner Brothers star instrumentalists with, uh, let's see, what was that? 77 Sunset Strip Cha-Cha. Yeah. And then starting us off, Elmer Bernstein with Frankie Machine from the movie of the same, or the movie was The Man with a Golden Arm, which I think is maybe a take on The Man with a Golden Gun. Could be. I'm not sure. There's well, a lot of that a 007 to, movie? There's a lot more I need to know about what I'm talking about. <laughs> Good morning. My name is Nick. This is to a certain degree. It's almost over. It's flown by. My special guest today has been JB Adams. JB, thank you so much again. Good morning. It's been my pleasure. Great. Uh, so we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, one of the things we wanted to talk about at the end was kind of, you know, everything that we've talked about. Uh, and one of the things that you do is a lot of leadership development. Um, so that's your thing uh as far as work goes as far as how you help people so i wanted to sort of end it there yeah i i think it's cool to acknowledge that um you know i have a a couple of key things that drive me Mm -hmm. and one is the belief that as a leader is anyone who affects change and so in my leadership development what i invite people to do is I'm going to raise your awareness of yourself. 
going to raise your awareness of your environment. And I'm going to ask you to commit to making a change in your environment. You know, you, you have to achieve some kind of results, move the needle in some way, make a difference. But sometimes that also means taking a look at yourself, understanding what your strengths are, what your opportunities are, and adapting to the environment around you so that you can be more effective, more influential. And I think all of that ties into everything that we have discussed this morning, because when we talk about movies, we talk about a story, we're really talking about a character that has to undergo a change of some kind. If, if nobody changes, there's no story, it's not interesting, and we're not going to you know, give attention to that.